0: James, uh, chapter 3, actually, verse 13, and we're going to read all the way through chapter 4 today because the original Bibles never had chapters or verses. Always remember that. So when they wrote the book of James, they wrote it as just one letter. They didn't stop for chapters or verses. So a lot of times when we're doing our series, we'll do the same as well. Today's title, of, uh, to the message for today's title is... Don't be an adulterer. Amen? It's tight, but it's right. I mean, I'm sorry that I read the Bible, my friends, as your pastor. I don't know if you guys came expecting what Oprah Winfrey was saying yesterday or something. How many know that that is going to come up in this passage today? Two of you have read your Bible. How many know it's going to come up? Amen? Right at the top of your notes, do not be an adulterer or don't be an adulterer. We're going to learn about that today. We're going to start in chapter 3, verse 13. If you're there, say, I'm there. Amen. Amen. It says, Who is wise in understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. Everybody say, of the devil. Verse 16, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Everybody say, submissive thank you, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere." Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. You see, we're going to continue our series in the book of James. James is the half-brother of Jesus and the full brother of Jude. James is writing to the Jewish believers that are scattered all throughout Palestine and the Middle East at that time, and he's teaching them how to live for God and how to understand the Old Covenant with the New Covenant. Well, right here in this portion of Scripture, he contrasts two different types of wisdom. Really, there's only one wisdom from God, but he calls this other one a worldly wisdom. And this worldly wisdom is a demonic, devilish wisdom. And what does that wisdom look like? Pride. The wisdom of the world says, I don't need to listen to anybody. The wisdom of this world says, I know it all. Don't tell me how to live for God. And listen to what he says. Such wisdom is. Look at verse 15. It's in parentheses. Such, or quotation marks, such quote, unquote, wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the... So where does that type of wisdom come from, my friends? The devil. And what does it look like? Go up the verse before that. It has bitter envy, selfish ambition in the heart. So the first thing that we need to learn today is how to have the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world. So just put that point right there. Number one, wisdom of the world is from the devil and prideful. Number two, the wisdom of God is this. It's humble. It's submissive. Listen to it. Verse 17, the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere. I think you could sum it all up by just saying it's submissive to God. The wisdom of God submits to God. So my question to you today is, do you want to be wise in the world's eyes or wise in God's eyes? How do you want to live your life? By the wisdom of this world that will tell you, do it all for you. See right there, selfish ambition, you know what that means? Look out for you and nobody else. And immediately I can hear people say, well, pastor, I look out for my family. Well, whose family is that? What word came before family? My family. Because you ain't looking out for others' family. You're just looking out for your own family. So it's still a form of pride. Hello, somebody. I know it gets quiet when I preach like that, but i got to say that. Just because a man stands up or a woman says, well, I take care of my family and I'm so good. No, that's still selfish ambition. When was the last time you took care of a family in Ohio Park? When was the last time you took care of a family out there, you know, in front of the high schools and took those young people under your wing and someone take care of you and bring you home for dinner tonight because you don't have a good family? You see, the wisdom of the world is prideful, arrogant, full of selfish ambition, and it's envious. That means it's jealous. You see this all the time in the world. People are jealous of what other people have. And they call that wisdom. It's not wisdom to be jealous People being jealous and looking at what you have and talking about what you have and they think they're so smart when they gossip about you. No, the Bible actually even goes as far as to say, "Well, read in a minute, they're a fool. See, because the wisdom of this world says, oh, if I don't have it, I want to talk about somebody else who doesn't, put them down. I want to envy them. And that's what the Bible is saying is of the devil. Now look at the very first verse we read, verse 13. Let's sum it all up. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. So who here wants to live a good life? Say amen. Who here wants to benefit other people in life? Say amen. The Bible says then live a good life with humility by the wisdom that comes from God. Don't consider wisdom that comes from this world to be real wisdom. It's really foolishness. Let me give you some examples of it. Let's go to probably the best book in wisdom written in the whole entire world. And what book is that, y'all? Everybody say Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs eight 13. I'm going to give you about six Proverbs. Contrasting pride and humility. And I want to give you some specific examples. There's pride that a husband can have with his wife. There's pride that a wife can have with her husband. There's pride... That a child can have with their parents. There's pride that a boss can have towards his employees. There's a pride that employees can have towards their customers. See, it affects everybody. You see, wisdom is just knowing how to do something. So we're going to teach you how to do the somethings of life God's way. How to be a wife God's way. How to be a husband God's way. How to be a child God's way. How to be a boss God's way. How to be an employee God's way. Is anybody listening to me? And now how about in the church about how to be a deacon God's way? How to be an elder God's way. How to be a cafe worker God's way. Come on, somebody say God's way. Let's contrast some of these ideas. Proverbs eight thirteen. If you're there, say I'm there. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. So if you've never heard that God hates stuff, good morning. (laughs) Welcome to Metro Praise. Amen? Because you just found out God ain't Barney. I love you and your stinky attitude too. No, God ain't saying that. God's saying, I hate your pride. He's saying, I hate your arrogance, I hate your evil behavior, and I hate your perverse speech. See, God don't have to mix words with us and play around with us and sing us little songs like we're kids to try to make us like him. He is who he is all by himself. He don't need us to say, oh, God, you're so awesome. We just love you. And God's like, I needed to hear that. Thank you. No, God says it, and we believe it. That settles it. Amen? I said, God says it, we believe it, that settles it. It's over. If God said, I hate your chicken dinners, I would stop eating chicken dinners. Amen? Do not play with God. If God says, I hate pride, get rid of all pride in your life. Hate it. Do just what it says. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. So let's give an example. Let's start with the men. Everybody say, watch out. So if a man comes home in his family and he disrespects his wife and his children, he says, I'm the man of this house. I'm to be obeyed. Everybody listens to me. I bring home the bacon. So that man is arrogant, isn't he? But the Bible says in Ephesians, and you can read it, chapter 5, that the man is the head of the house as Christ is the head of the house. So he has the authority, but he doesn't have the authority to be arrogant. Now listen to me. That doesn't give us an excuse to be disrespectful back to them, children. If you have parents that are unsaved and they don't act right, that doesn't give you the, the, the uh, permission to act disrespectful because God hates your arrogance and pride. But what it's saying to all of our fathers here and to all the husbands here is that you and I better walk in humility. We've better come home and say, I'm the man of this house, and that means I'm the biggest servant of this house. I'm the strongest of this house. That means I'll work the hardest in this house. Now, how many understand what I'm talking about? The man comes home. If he wants to say, I'm a leader, then that means I'll lead prayer in this house. I'll lead us to the altar in this house. I'll lead in humility in this house. One of the greatest things my dad, an awesome man of God, ever did with me as a young man is he sat me down. I was about eight years old in the the room we called the den. It's more like an office. He sat me down there and he said, Son, we're going to have man-to-man talks. I'm like, really, Dad? What's that? You know, I was a little boy and he's like, man-to-man talks is when you can talk to me like a man. You can tell me whatever's on your heart You can say whatever you're feeling, and I'm going to give you my advice. You know, when I was a little kid, I had no idea what that meant, but my dad was humbling himself. And he was saying, instead of just commanding my son every day, do this, don't do this, he said, I'm going to sit down and talk to a man-to-man. And, you know, I went through all my drug phases, and I went through all the terrible things in my life, but one of the first things I did when I got saved is I said, Dad, can we have a man-to-man talk? I want to encourage all the men in this house to have that humility. To have the humility that you can look at your kids and you can say, let's talk man to man. Not that you're equals in authority. Of course you have the authority of the house. That's a no-brainer. If you have to say it all the time, it means you don't have it. Hello? Of course you have the authority. But you say to your son, you say to your daughter, this is father-daughter talk. I'm going to let you tell me who you are. Share with me the deep secrets of your heart. Don't hide them from me. Be honest with me. Parents should have a place like that in their lives. And if they have a father they can trust, then that means, listen to me, men. When that bozo at school is hitting on them, they're going to be the first one to come to you and say, Dad, we got to have a father and daughter talk. This bozo is asking me to go out with them and telling them if I don't, he's going to tell everybody I'm a bad person. And then you can say, I'll meet you down at the school with my shotgun. (laughs) Amen. Because they trust you. The daughter trusts you, men. Amen. Let's just keep on going. Read another Proverbs. I'm going to bring out different examples and different ones. Go to Proverbs 13, verse 10. Proverbs 13, verse 10. going to move next to the ladies and apply some things to women, to mothers, to wives. If you're there, somebody say, I'm there. Look at this one, Proverbs 13, 10. And I am sorry, women, that this one got pointed to you, but I just happen to say women on this one. Some of you already ready. You know where it's going to be. Pride only breeds quarrels. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. How many men said amen? I want to talk to all the wives here. Remember that God put a husband in your life to be the leader of that home. And if he's a good man, you are to take his good advice. Amen? Now, men, we know that we have our things that we like to give advice on, don't we? We like the house to be cleaned a certain way. We like the lights to be shut on a certain time. We like the air conditioning and things to be set a certain way. How many know what I'm talking about here? I'm going to tell it as a T.I. is. Amen. But women take the advice. Amen. And we're going to respect and love you. But I told my wife this. I said, if you just do everything I say, we're going to have a happy home. I just said, look, if you just follow the rules and you do everything I say, there'll never be an argument. See, pride only brings a quarrel. I'm saying that jokingly, but you know what? I really did say this to my wife. I said, you know what makes our home happy is that you allow me to lead the house. And I want to encourage all the women here. Let your husband lead the house. It doesn't mean that you can't have input. It doesn't mean that you don't have a vote. But at the end of the day, it's not a democracy. It's a theocracy. That means it goes from God to your husband to you to your children. Amen? And I just have to put this as well now to our church as a second example. Everybody here, listen to me. Don't reject advice when people give it to you. The worst thing that could happen in a conversation, it's someone giving you advice, is you just say, thank you, I'll pray on that. You don't have to fight with them. You don't have to stick up for yourself. If you don't agree with the advice, just let the worst thing that happens, you just say back to them, say, thank you for that advice. I'm going to pray on that. Because the Bible is going to say, and we're going to get there. Matter of fact, turn there now to Proverbs 12:1, that if you don't like advice, that you're stupid. Amen? I mean, I'm sorry I have to read the Bible today. I forgot the Reader's Digest at home. Where do they usually keep the Reader's Digest? You all know? In the bath, and that's where it belongs. Amen. We read in the Bible today. Hallelujah. Oh, look at this. Well, wow. sounds like what I just said. It's not the pastor making it up. Proverbs 12:1. Whoever loves knowledge loves, or whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is. Oh, come on, somebody say stupid. God have mercy on stupid people. Like Mr. T said, I pity the fool. So let's put that with the other one. Pride brings quarrels. Do you know what? This church would go well if everybody would take the advice of the leadership here. Now, I'm not saying take the advice of everybody that sits next to you. We don't know who's sitting next to you. There may be a homeless person sitting next to you one day. We had a woman come in here selling Amway, told everybody, all the women of the church, before we could tell her to stop, that they all should join Amway with her, okay? So I'm not talking about taking everybody's advice, teenagers and youth group. I'm not telling you, listen to that guy sitting next to you. Who We don't know where that guy came from. But this is what I'm saying. In a church where you can trust authority, where your pastor has been anointed and appointed, where your leaders have been anointed and appointed, everyone here would do well to take their advice. Just take the advice. Well, pastor says we're doing discipleship in the church, and discipleship goes through this book. Pray on that advice. Do what we're asking you to do, and God will bless you. Amen? I mean, let's just put that into practice. We have adult small groups. We ask all of the adults, go to the Carrasco's house. Spend time there every Friday. God is doing something there. All the adults would do well to do that. Amen? And this is such a a power-packed verse. Let me move now to your job. How many know if your boss has given you advice, he pretty much wants you to do it? If your boss comes around and says, hey, I want you to sell this product this way, I want you to present it this way, how many know if you do it, you're going to make him happy? If you think you know better, you're going to start a fight with them. You're going to lose out on your chance of promotion. And then when you go out there, you're not even going to have God's blessing on your life. And even though you might think to yourself, well, I know better how to sell this product or do this thing. You're actually bringing a curse upon your life. And you look stupid. And that boss will go back and tell the higher-ups, this guy's dumb, this person's dumb. They talk like that in the world. How many know they're not nice? How many know in whatever job you have, i got Ish raising his hand, he knows that if there's a guy on the construction team and they don't listen to a device, those construction leaders, those foremen are going to go back and say, that guy is a butt, that guy is an idiot, and they're going to cuss and say some worse things. How many know what I'm saying? Don't let people go behind your back and call you dumb. Students, don't, don't have the teachers think about you and go, I'm oh, just a troublemaker. They never listen. I'm tired of trying to help them. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, if you don't think your teachers talk about you on break, you don't know teachers. Hello, I got a teacher saying amen over here. And there's a lot of good teachers that will love the troubled kids. Well, listen to me, teenagers, if you don't take their advice, after a while, they're just going to look at you like you're a fool. And they're going to say, I cannot wait till graduation. This person gets out of my class because they used to say that about me. Let's keep it real. Okay. Somebody say he ain't no fool no more. Amen. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 18. One more example. Let's come up with some more examples of godly wisdom. In humility. Everybody say, humility. humility. See, the world may tell us that we're not to be humble. They may tell you, be prideful, stick up for yourself, tell your boss what you think, tell them all off as a matter of fact. The young people, you might listen to the rap music and to the music of today, and the music will say, Be rebellious. You know, be angry at authority. But that's not what God says. The Bible actually says where those voices are getting their information from. Because that rapper had to get his information from somewhere. That co-worker had to get their information from somewhere. You know where it's coming from? It's coming right from the devil, from Satan himself. Don't believe it. Look at what the Bible says right here in Proverbs 16, 18. It said, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Verse 19. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. But whoever heeds to instruction, come on somebody, prospers. Everybody say prospers. Say it like you're excited to prosper. One, two, three. Prospers and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Somebody say blessed. You see, if you want to fall down to destruction and have everything you own in life be plundered from you and suffer an eternal hell damnation like a fire, then keep living the way the world tells you to live. Be prideful like the world, but if you want to live like the way Jesus calls you to live, be blessed and prosperous. Have your family blessed, your your home blessed, your job blessed. You can say Amen anytime. Your school blessed, the church blessed, the community around you blessed. Then follow the blessed wisdom of God, which comes from humility. Come on, say Amen. Now let's look at it, Proverbs 11:2. Let's look at some humility here. I tried to apply it best as I could to the different areas of life. Now you need to apply those to yourself in every situation. Now I'm going to give you some blessings here of what happens in humility, what God promises us. Proverbs 11:2. if you're there, say I'm there. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. I mean, you can give, I can give you a million examples on this. One of the biggest examples would just be, let's say you have a child, and you're telling that child, I'm going to teach you how to ride a bike today, Johnny. And you get Johnny that brand new bike, and let's say that child has pride and says, no, Daddy, no, Mommy, I don't need to have you teach me anything. I saw Billy do it across the street, and I'm going to do it just like this. How many know if the parents just step back and say, okay, you try it then. boom going to fall right down. How many know what I'm talking about? But if that child says, okay, Daddy, you help me, and Daddy gets behind and holds and says, you, you do this, I'll steer, whatever, the father, the parent can teach that child. I mean, I can give you examples right now. You start a job, a guy comes next to you, not a bad guy, you discern, he's a good guy, gives you advice. He says to do well in this company, you need to come early to the meetings, you need to stay late, you need to make sure you hear the boss's agenda, fulfill it to the T, and you'll do well in this company. If you follow that advice, you're going to prosper. But if you start coming late, you start straggling, you have a bad attitude, before you know it, you're fired. And the guy's going to look right at you and say, man, I told you not to do that. I told you not to tick off the boss. I told you not to come late. How many know advice is a good thing? And it brings honor. I look at people right here in the church who are honored. I look at like Ish and Robin. Why are they honored? Because they came in humility. When they came to the church, they didn't say, I have to be a worship leader. I have to be in charge of nursery. I have to do anything. They said, hey, Joe, whatever we can do to help. Whatever we can do to help, we're going to help. And now Ish is our assistant pastor. He's the right-hand man. If anything happens, he's in charge. Somebody say amen. Amen. And why is that? Because the Bible says that. It says right there, but with humility comes wisdom. That there's a blessing. Now God has taught him how to do all these things. He went to Mexico with us. Same thing with Ricky. And they're in charge of our financial committee. We, we established that with all the money's coming in. We have a little financial committee now, and the elders and deacons know about it. And there's so much wisdom in their life. And where did all of it come from? Humility But you know what? There's been people that have come here, 40, 50 years old, (coughs) Pastor Joe, I've been in corporate America for 30 years. I have two college degrees. Let me help you run the church. And we end up looking at their life, and you know what happens? They fall right in disgrace. That's why I don't let just anybody roll up in here in leadership. I don't care what they think they have. We want to see them come in humility. I don't care how old they are. I want to see them come in humility. And I look now at my leaders, the strongest leaders that I have, and how they will look at those people eye to eye and say, hey, you need to change your life. And they'll get offended and say, who are you to tell me that? You know who they are? They're humble men and women of God who have been serving the Lord better and stronger in a more biblical way than they have. Amen. Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. Amen. Come on, look at Proverbs 15, 33. Oh, bless the Lord. I'm excited. If you're excited, say amen. This is going to be a two-hour sermon today, going to make up for the time we lost. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm excited. It's good to be back. You know, when you take a vacation, you come back refreshed, a little tan, you know what I'm saying? Feeling it. My wife got her hair did. I mean, oh, man, the Lord is good talking about humility amen come on proverbs 15 33 if you're there say i'm there here's another good one the fear of the lord teaches a man wisdom and humility comes before honor so you want to be honored in life what do you have to have first humility so look at how this works and it even works this way in the world many many times it works the same way somebody comes to the church and they say i want to be honored we're like you'll be the last one to be honored But if someone says, hey, man, I want to serve, I want to help out, then we're like, hey, let's honor them. Let's take care of them. Hello? Somebody comes on the job first day. Hey, I know everything. I'm going to take over the business. I'm going to do everything. Guy looks at him man. put him in the mail room. That guy don't know what he's doing. But all of a sudden, that guy starts coming early. Oh, man, look at him. He's helping me out. He's getting me coffee. Oh, he's doing something extra over there. What do they do? Let's honor him. Let's give him a raise. Let's, let's give them extra business. Let's give them another, another a promotion. Amen? Go with me now to Proverbs 22, verse 4. Humility comes before honor. God will bless you when you do it the right way. And all of us here have done it the wrong way. We understand that. Many of us here who have lived any long life here, and, you know, I'm 31 years old, feel like a grown man, I've learned that if I walk in pride, I will fall flat on my face. And it will happen. It will happen. I remember one time I was so prideful that I thought that if I just said, I'm healed, I'm healed, then I'll never be sick. And I remember one time I was in a church service and the woman made some food and we all got sick, or or, or all the leaders rather got sick, and they started having the runs, okay, I'm sorry, they had to go to the bathroom a lot, a nice way of saying it. And then I just said to them, you're healed in Jesus' name. Now let's get back up and keep having church, because we had a Sunday night service, and then the Sunday afternoon, you know, they're just laying out, and they're just like, we can't, Pastor, we all got to go home. And I'm like, I bind the devil. You're not going home. You're healed. And then all of a sudden, I started settling it in my stomach. I felt it. And, but the problem was somebody was already in the bathroom. It was a homeless guy and so here I am trying to get into the bathroom but I can't get into the bathroom and I'm knocking on the door and I'm about ready to run myself you understand about ready to do it all over myself and I'm knocking on the door and I think his name was Jerome or something I'm like Jerome open the door I gotta go to the bathroom he's like look here Pastor I'm in the bathroom y'all okay now you come back later man I'm right here right now give me a minute and I'm like listen Jerome if you do not open that door I'm gonna poo all over myself he's like Pastor that's gross man but look I can't help you man I'm like open the door Jerome and then he opened the door and he's like man pastor this is messed up and i sit down on the garbage can in the bathroom letting it flow and he's just like pastor i never knew we, we would be doing this together pastor i never knew we would be together like this you're a good pastor but i never thought we'd be like this and i'm getting up and i'm walking out the bathroom and everybody's just looking at me what happened pastor I thought we prayed. I thought it was was over. But the story doesn't end there. I then had to cancel the service. I then go home, take some medicine. I wake up the next morning with it all in my sheets. I have pooed on myself in bed. And I am taking all of my sheets, throwing it in the garbage. And the people are looking at me. My interns are going... Man, you got it bad. That's worse than us. We didn't poo on ourselves. We didn't poo in the bed. And I took a shower that day like I have never taken one before. Somebody say, humility brings honor, but pride brings disgrace. Maybe the Lord was teaching me a lesson. Amen? Now, those are funny stories, but there are things in life that if you have pride and you don't listen to advice, you can really hurt yourself. You can really hurt somebody else. My sister died drinking and driving. You know why? Because she had the pride that she could drive after she drank. So let's keep it real. We go from laughter to sorrow right there. That's that's hard. You see, your decisions will impact other people. What if my sister would have then hit somebody else? Murder. Killing herself all because of what? Pride. You know in that middle letter of pride is what? I. I can do it. No, no. Give me the keys. I'm fine. I'm fine. See, pride. A man looks at a secretary on his job and says, no, I can have an affair. It won't affect my family. And then his children are devastated and say, Daddy left us for another woman. Hello, somebody. You see a gangbanger says, oh, man, I can do this, I can do this. And he shoots up the block and he gets his whole house shot up and murdered. People die all the time just because of their pride. Die. I'm not even talking about being injured. People get killed, murdered. Accidents happen because of pride. Somebody say humility. Look at now Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, one more time. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Everybody say, I'm going to be humble. Now look, if you want to be broke, busted, disgusted, and never have a life, then live prideful. But look what God dangles in front of us as a carrot. Look at what he says. If you do this, I'll do this. If you have humility and you have the fear of the Lord, I'll give you wealth. That means you'll pay your bills. That means you'll have enough to spare. You'll be able to help others. I'll give you honor. People will respect you. People will shake your hand, look at your eye, and say, Welcome to the restaurant. What can I do for you? Your boss will say, Good to see you here, sir. What can we do to make some money together? The people in this church will greet you at the door. God bless you, brother. Great to have you here. And you'll have life. You'll live a long life because you walk in humility. Amen? Everybody say, Wealth, Honor, and Life. Is in humility. Amen. Let's go back to the passage of James now and wrap that part up before we get to the main part of the message. There's two types of wisdom in this world. The first one comes from the world, and it's full of envy. It's full of bitterness. It's full of selfish ambition. And the Bible says you have, if you have that wisdom, you have what comes from the devil. But the second wisdom that comes from the Lord, uh, comes from the, is in the world, comes from the Lord, is verse 17. And here's what it is. It's pure. It's peace-loving. So live a pure life. Don't sin. It's peace-loving. That means you've got to love peace. Don't love turmoil. Don't love bitterness. Don't love gossip. If people tell you that, tell them to be quiet. Consider it. Be kind to people. Submissive. Be humble. Full of mercy, if you're really wise, you're going to be full of mercy to people. Because you're humble, you're going to let other people be humble. You're not going to beat them down and treat them bad. Good fruit, that means in life, you're going to be successful. Impartial, you're not going to treat, people one, treat one person one way because they're a certain color or make a certain amount of money or live in a certain neighborhood. You're going to treat everybody the same. Sincere, you won't be fake and you won't be a hypocrite. Now look at how it works. Peacemakers who sow in peace harvest righteousness. So think of peace being one of the results of wisdom. That's what that scripture is telling you. And it says, if you go around living a wise life, you'll bring peace wherever you go, and you'll plant it in people's hearts and lives, and out will come up righteousness. And you know how I saw this demonstrated? Take, for example, Ohio Park yesterday. you got drug dealers and pride. They cause violence and gangs all out there. It's a bad place to be. But what do we do? We, came, we come out there, Yesterday, we preached the Word of God. We're humble. We're sincere. We're wise. Are you listening to me? We're impartial. We teach them about God. And what do we do? We start sowing peace in that place. And before you know it, righteousness starts springing up. Kids start praying with us. Drug dealers start listening to the Word of God. We see right there in that park an instant transformation, an instant harvest of righteousness. Why? Because we went to Ohio Park and we sowed peace. So I want to encourage everybody here. Sow Peace in your family as parents. Amen. I want to encourage children. So peace in your home. I want to encourage everybody here. So peace on your job. So peace in your school. And then all together sow peace into this church. Let peace reign so that righteousness can come. And we will transform a community by the wisdom of God. Amen. And they might think we're fools, but we are wise in Christ. Somebody say amen. Do you believe it? Look at your neighbor and say, Peace. Amen. Now go to chapter 4, verse 1. Going right on down. Don't don't think of chapters and verses. Remember, it's one thought. Peacemakers who who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Now what causes fights and quarrels among you? He's talking to church people here. He's talking to people who would hear this message. So he's not talking to crack addicts on the corner. He's talking to people right here, right in the church. Look at your neighbor and say, he might be talking about you. Oh, come on. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire? The desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. And that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Oh, hello. I think he went to preaching right there. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the Scripture says without reason that the spirit he calls to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? Amen. That is why the Scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners! And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Somebody say, help us, Lord. Because what happens is if we don't do it right, a mess will come in the church, just like right here. Part of James's congregation was living by the wisdom of the world, and they were thinking that they could live one way and come to church another way. And he said to them, you are adulterers. You know what that means? Think about it. If a man today comes home and he says to his wife, I love you, you're special to me, and then he goes out with another woman and he says, I really don't want to be with my wife. I want to really be with you And then they go out to the hotel, Motel Eight, whatever, and then they he comes back home to his wife that night and then he says, Oh, but I love you. How many know he's an adulterer. He's a liar. And the Bible says that there's some people in the church that will raise their hands and sing songs and say, God, I love you. God, you're awesome. And they'll go out here and they'll be in the world with their friends and they'll lie. They'll steal. They'll become sexually immoral. They'll break God's commands. And then they'll come right back to church and say, oh, but I'm a Christian. They're not a Christian. What does the Bible call them? Come on, somebody say an adulterer. Look at your neighbor, please, and say, don't be an adulterer. Come on, look at somebody else and tell them, don't be an adulterer. How can somebody today avoid being an adulterer? Well, it comes right here. Very simple. Verse 7, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. When you're tempted as a Christian to do time on God, tell the devil to go back to hell where he came from. When the devil comes up to you and he says, hey, isn't your life so much better when you drink and smoke? Isn't your life so much better when you look at pornography? Isn't life so much better when you keep your tithe and you go out shopping with that 10%? You look at the devil and say, you're a liar! Just like as if I was in uh, the hotel and I was going out to get some, some ice. And they've done this to men of God, by the way. Men of God who have been really popular and big. Hotel. Man gets out to get some ice, and a prostitute's waiting right there in a the room next to his. So imagine I'm walking out right there in Florida, and I'm going to go get some ice. And here comes a lady, throws out her leg. And she says, Come on in. Nobody will know. Quick and easy right now. You know what I would say? Horror of Babylon! Whore of Babylon, call the police! Wife Nancy, come out here! Whore of Babylon! Whore of Babylon! Get her out of here! You see, that's what it takes. Don't play with the devil. When the devil comes and tempts you to commit adultery on God, don't, don't let the devil have a conversation with you. Well, well, I could look at pornography, then I could erase it off of my history, then I'll pray tonight, ask God for forgiveness. And then if my wife asks me how I'm doing, I'll say I'm doing good because really I just ask for forgiveness. I'm clean. I'm really not lying. Don't have a conversation with the devil. Oh, well, you know what? If I keep my tithe, I'll just give double next month because God understands if I do. No, tell the devil. That's a lie, devil. I won't believe it. I will submit to God and serve Him because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah never compromise, never give in, always stay true to God, God is looking for people to be faithful to Him, the Bible says you and I are the bride of Christ, live like the bride of Christ, come on, don't let the devil just whistle you and you pull up your skirt, don't let the devil offer you a car ride, come on ladies, you don't give those guys no attention on the street, and don't do it for the devil, tell the devil I'm a child of God, born again, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire and i'm going to heaven and you're going to hell and i'm bringing as many with me devil because it's on amen make a decision in your life today i will not be an adulterer i won't quit give up or give in or compromise Come on somebody, God is looking for people that say, God I submit to you, I trust your ways, I trust your laws, I trust your commands. And then he says to the sinner, if you're still a sinner, come to God, grieve, mourn and wail and get rid of your sin because God will save you. And then right there at the end, he says, if you're judging each other, if you're making up your own rules, well, you can't come to church unless you wear a suit, or you can't come to church wearing a hat. The Bible says, don't judge each other that way. You're not a lawgiver. That doesn't mean that we can't preach, because obviously James just preached to them and called them adulterers. So it's like, how can we not judge when he just judged? Well, the judgment he's talking about is the judgment of you being a judge, making your own rules. And that's what religion does, amen? Amen. Religion says, well, if you don't do this, you don't do that, if you don't, you know, do it the way we do it, you're not going to heaven. No, this is the only way you go to heaven, amen? It ain't through the Virgin Mary, the, the, the mother of Guadalupe, his, his disciple Peter, it's not any other way, amen? So don't judge me if I don't have a Saint Mary in my, my car, okay? Or whoever is the patron saint of driving safely. Oh, you don't got one of those? No, I don't got one of those! And don't judge me! You understand what he's saying. That's what it's talking about. Let's all stand to our feet. Rachel and the band, would you come, please? How many love Jesus? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Don't be an adulterer. Because if you don't have the wisdom of God, you'll live like a fool and you'll be an adulterer. There's also a promise in here that I forgot to mention. That if it's really meant for you to have, ask God and he'll give to you what you need. Don't go out to the devil and try to get it. Let's say some of you are struggling with giving your tithes to the Lord and the devil says, look, keep your tithe, eat your seed, use it for yourself. You need to pay your bills. You need to do this and that. The Bible says, don't cheat on God. Don't take the devil out for lunch and then come back to church and say, God bless me. No. If you really need it, ask the Lord. If you're really behind on your bills, keep sowing your seed And then say, God, I'm believing for an increase. Amen? Same thing is with single people. You know, you're looking for boyfriends or girlfriends. Look for a husband and ask God to bring him in in his time. Men, ask God for a wife. Not a hoochie mama, okay? Because there's plenty of those. But God will bring it in his time. Somebody say, we have not. Everybody say, come on, we have not. Because we ask not. See, God says, come to Him with your requests. Come to Him. If there's a marriage that's satisfying both the man and woman, adultery will always be terrible. Seriously, think about that. If you had eaten everything you wanted at Thanksgiving dinner, and somebody said, here's another piece of your favorite food, how many know? It's like, oh, man, it's going to make me puke. I don't even want that. I'm full. See, I'm so full of my wife and I's love. We're so full that if somebody said, hey, let's do this. I'd be like, ah, it's nasty. I don't want anything to do with that. That's how we keep from pornography. The same thing is here. If you guys are living for the Lord and everybody has friendships here, your friends say, well, hey, Friday night we're going to watch the Cubs games with some brewskis. You're going to be like, no, nah, that's dumb, man. I'd rather go to Crossco's house on Friday night and, and talk about Jesus and we'll just TiVo the game. We'll get some and pizza. That's funner to me. You see, don't be an adulterer because there's things that you think you need that God is not giving Because isn't that really the temptation of adultery? Is the woman, the secretary, the typical scene of adultery, says to the man, I'll do for you what your wife doesn't. Come on, let's go get this motel. We're going to have things that you and your wife don't have. And the devil tries to come to you and he says, You're trying to be wise like God in the Bible. You're being humble. That's not getting you anywhere. Come on, do it this way and I'll give you all of this. The Bible says we become an adulterer. Also, we become like a prostitute. We let the devil just give us a few bucks and we'll do whatever he says. Let's make a decision today. I'm not an adulterer. I'm a child of God. And when things get tough, I won't become prideful and say, well, i got a better way of doing it. No, I'm going to do it God's way. And I'm going to take advice. And I'm going to listen to instruction. Amen? And I'm going to follow good leadership. And in the home, I'm going to let my husband lead. And my wife's going to follow. And the wife and husband going to be good parents to their kids. And the kids are going to serve their parents. Amen? And when we go out in this world, we're going to do great things for God. And when we come to church, we're going to show this world what it really means to be blessed. Amen? Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you today that you brought us to this place to get more of you. And I thank you, Lord, that you haven't let us down. We've been so blessed by the worship and by your word. Now, Lord, I pray you just transform our hearts. God, I pray that this day will never, ever be the same again. Come on, just think on the words you heard today. Is there things in your life that are envious, bitter, or jealous? If there is, I'm going to invite you, just as Rachel begins to sing, to come to this altar today and just begin to pray and let God give you the different wisdom of of God, not of the world. I'm going to ask some of you right now, if you just want more of God's wisdom, maybe you're going through a situation, to come as we begin to sing. And if you need to go, we dismiss you in Jesus' name. But we're going to always do the house of prayer thing in the middle of service for the needs. And then at the end, we're just always going to go back to applying the message and to worship. And those who have to go can go. So God bless you this week. Have a wonderful week. Rachel, begin to sing for us. Come on, God, make us wise today.